well. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you go ahead and turn with me to the book of St. John. Book of St. John, chapter 6. I'm going to be reading a familiar scripture today. Uh, matter of fact, it's probably one that I probably have already preached before. Uh, but you know what? Uh, the good thing about getting old is I can't remember from one day to the next, so I can preach the same sermon every week. Now, I never know the difference. And uh, so, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, they, 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 how many can remember what I preached last Sunday? Uh, see, that's the way it is. That's what it is. Uh, it, it, we, and that's why we're able to repeat and we need to repeat. I told you it worked, didn't it? Amen. Yes, right. I did not preach last Sunday. Oh, I tell you what, the preacher can stick his foot in his mouth faster than anybody. Well, anyway, I do remember what Brother Randy preached, though. Amen. Uh, but uh, so, okay, what did, what did I preach on Sunday before last then, Smart <laughs> No, I'm just playing. Uh, so I was talking to Sister Debbie Campbell, and uh, she kind of puts a little pressure on me. She told me, she said, I, I write down in my Bible the dates you preach every sermon and what you preach from, and I go to also the scriptures that you use for scriptural references and uh, related scriptures, and she said, I date them also. And she said, I've done learned something about you, and I thought, uh-oh. And she said, uh, I know your favorite scriptures and the ones you use a lot. And, and you know, that's not a new thing in the scripture. There are scriptures that are repeated over and over inside the scriptures, uh, not only in Old Testament, but also from Old Testament to New Testament, those scriptures are repeated. You know why? Because it's the Word of God. It's the living Word. It changes not. Amen. It's forever settled. And those things that are told in the Old Testament are fulfilled in the New Testament and are repeated in the New Testament because in their fulfillment they weren't done away with. They were, they were made different for us. Amen. And we're going to get into that here in just a minute. Uh, so if you got your Bibles, turn to uh, uh, John chapter 6. I'm going to start reading in verse uh, 41 and read through verse 51. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I come down from heaven. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in, in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. 
I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Father God, thank you for this beautiful, wonderful <coughs> word from our Savior and the promise that He makes unto us if we will simply eat the bread of life that came down from heaven. Speak to us, O oh God, as only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It's amazing in this scripture right here that the, the, the people that are following Jesus were following him because of one of the mighty miracles that he had performed in front of them and for them. And that is the feeding of the 5,000 men where he took a few loaves and a few fishes and he break it up and they, he fed all of those great number of people and then they took up 12 baskets of leftovers after it was over with. After that, he had put the baskets of the leftovers the disciples did into the boat and they had uh, went across the sea and Jesus stayed there on that side of Galilee and, and he went up on the mountain and prayed. And this is the time where he had walked on the water and walked out to the boat and, and uh, got in the boat with them and went to the other side. And these people that had witnessed these things had gotten in their boats and went over there, but they knew Jesus didn't get in a boat with them. And, it, and, and before this, uh, this scripture that I just read, they had, they had gone to the other side and there was Jesus with his disciples and they marveled at him and they said, How, who brought you here? How did you get here? And he didn't brag on them. He didn't, he didn't brag to them about I walked across the water. He didn't tell them those things. But they were amazed at Jesus and they were following Jesus because of those things they had seen him do. And they wanted not only an explanation, but they wanted him to keep feeding them. Food was hard to come by at that time and they had found somebody that could take a little and feed a lot. Amen? And so they were amazed at him until he went, began to preach to them and try to explain to them how he had done these things and who he is. Did y'all know that the world today still stumbles at this very thing? They still stumble at who he is? They still stumble at what he came for? They still stumble that he is the only way to heaven. They stumble over these things. They may be amazed by what he's done, what is written about him, but they just don't really believe all that stuff. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it's amazing, though, to me that these people have actually witnessed what he had done, and yet here now they have a, a confrontation with Jesus Christ over what he's telling them who he is and where he came from and how he was able to do this amazing thing that they had seen done. There was no doubt there was a miracle. But how did it happen? And so he says uh, in, in verse 41, when it came down to this, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Amen? He, he told them, he said, I am, I am the bread of life, and I came down from heaven. And what did they do? They murmured. Hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, they didn't believe his explanation. 
And it's, uh, it's not what they really wanted to hear. It's not what they expected to hear. And not only that, when they heard it, they didn't believe it. And, that this, and although they had seen what he had done, and they were wondering at him and following him, and couldn't figure him out at all, all of a sudden, as they murmured, they knew exactly who he was. Y'all see that? Look at here in verse 42. And they said, Is not this Jesus, Joseph's son, and Mary's son? We know his mom and daddy. And yet they had been boggled in their mind as to who he was and how he could do these things. And when he told them, they said, oh, no, that's not what we want to hear. We already know who you are. They thought they did. There's a lot of people today that think they know who Jesus is. Listen to me. There's a lot of people sitting on church pews this morning that think they know who Jesus is, but they don't really know who Jesus is. It's not enough to think you know who Jesus is. It's, it, it's, it's incumbent on you and me to know that we know who Jesus is. Amen. And as Jesus listened to them, he said, and they said, they say, aren't you the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I come down from heaven? Who does he think he is? Well, in the Old Testament, when they murmured against Moses and against God that way, they paid a hefty price for it. God took exception to murmuring. You know why? Because he don't like that junk. He don't like for you to stand around and talk about people and gab about people and talk about how sorry people are and talk about how the church ain't this and the church ain't that. He don't like that kind of stuff. You know why? It's his church. This is his son they're talking about. This is, listen to me. This is the Savior of the world. This is God in the flesh and they're murmuring about Him. <laughs> do we still do that today, Brother Steve? Oh, yeah. We certainly do, don't we? You think God's impressed with us when we do that? No. You know what? one of the favorite things that people like to say is that ain't the way I believe it. <laughs> I like to hear people, well, I don't like it, because usually when you say, they say that, you know what they're saying that for? It's because you've told them a truth of the Word of God that they don't want to obey. And they're looking for a way not to have to obey it, and so their excuse is that ain't the way I believe that scripture right there. It don't make no difference about the way you believe it or not. The way it is written and the truth of it don't change whether you believe it or not. Amen. And we will be held accountable to that same truth that we said, I don't believe it that way. It don't make no difference. When you stand before him, you will believe it then because he's going to tell you. And then you can argue with God. That's why I like to use scripture with people when I talk to people and, and counsel people and use scripture. And they, they're trying to understand things. I give them all the scripture that I can give them. Because you know what? If they want to argue, let them argue with this. Because this is, like I said a while ago, it's forever settled. And when we get to glory, they're going to open this up and judge us out of these pages right here. Right. Amen. The books are going to be open. It's going to be there. It's eternal. It's not going anywhere. Amen. And so we better get used to this and, and not murmur about what we don't agree with and we just need to agree with it and change our lives accordingly amen that's called humility that's called walking in faith that's called walking in the spirit that's called 
understanding truth and letting the Lord transform you into who He wants you to be by obeying Him and honoring Him. Amen? And so they murmured at this explanation because that's not exactly what they wanted to hear. Now Jesus, you know, they're not talking directly to Jesus. That's the thing. You know what? We, we like to think that we can talk about God without talking directly to God. We like to think that we can talk about God's chosen people and God's people and God's saved without God even knowing we're talking about them. Do you think you can get by with that? They weren't talking to Jesus, but look at his response. Verse 43, Jesus therefore answered and said unto him, Murmur not among yourselves. Are you, are you, are you really doing this? Are, are you murmuring amongst yourselves about, about what I said? Amen. Like I said, they don't like murmuring. He could have really put the pressure on them, but he didn't. You know why? Because Jesus is there for a purpose and a reason. Jesus is there, and he wants these people to understand who he is. He wants them to understand why he came. He wants them to be saved. He wants to reconcile them back to the Father because they had strayed away. That is his same purpose today. It has not changed. Only thing about it, he's left it in our hands now. That's why he's given us the Holy Spirit and the ministry that goes with it, and that's to reconcile the lost world back into God who gave us the world. Amen? That's what our mission is. That's what our purpose is. And Jesus came at that time to help accomplished that goal. It was the promise of the Father to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob that through them their seed all nations would be blessed. Jesus was that blessing Amen. to all of us. And they didn't know that. And so he wants them to understand this. And so he begins to give us some beautiful and wonderful truths. He told them not to murmur. And then he, instead of getting on to them, he, he showed who he was. The God of long-suffering, the God of mercy, the God of grace. Aren't you glad he's still that God? Amen. That's how important the message was. It don't mean that he still can't smite you and take you out. He can still do that if he chooses to. But he'd rather not do that. He's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that anyone should die and go to hell. Amen? And that's what he's talking about when he says he's not willing for people to perish. Listen to me. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. So according unto a man wants to die, then comes the judgment. But we don't all have to perish. Because perishing, according to the word, is the second death. It's when you die in this world and you don't know Jesus Christ and you wake up in eternity, you ain't never going to know him again. You ain't never going to hear about him again. Amen? He ain't in hell. I'm going to preach a sermon very soon on hell. I want to try to scare some people to death. I want to try to scare some people to keep from perishing. We don't preach enough about hell. We got people out there that don't even believe in it. We got people out there that don't even believe in heaven. They believe in hell. What's up with that? Yeah, heaven's real. So is hell. Heaven is a place you want to go. 
Hell is a place you never want to go. And there's only way, one way to keep from going there. And we're talking about it right now. And he's going to explain to these people how this is going to work. Now look at verse 44. This is one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm sure Debbie's got this dated 100,000 times in her Bible because I quote this scripture a lot. Look at what Jesus says to them. Listen to me. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Amen? And I will raise him up at the last day. Now I want you to listen to me. We come to church for a purpose. We proclaim the gospel for a purpose. But I can't save a single one of you. How many of you have sat in a church service and you felt something drawing you? If, we do this. if you're saved, you, you know what I'm talking Amen. about. Amen. When you feel what we're describing right now, there's a lot of people who feel that. I remember when I was a young man before I got saved, I felt it multiple times. Amen. You know what you feel? You feel the creator of everything trying to get you to come to the one that he's provided to save your soul. Amen. You don't think God don't love the world? You don't think God don't love people? You don't think God don't love the lost man? He goes out of his way to let him feel him. Feel his presence. We call it the still small voice. We call it the what, what we don't like to feel at church. A lost man don't like to feel this. You know why? Because it's all against his nature. Yep. Ain't it, Bob? Yes, it is. It's all against our nature. We don't want to change. We don't want to do what the Bible requires us to do in order to receive salvation. We want to go some other kind of way. We want to go our way. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we're going to get in lots of trouble when we try that. As a matter of fact, if we do it that way, we probably ain't going to make it over there. Because we don't get to go our way, we only get to go his way. <coughs> Amen? Right. And so when you feel that pull, that inclination, that drawing that makes people grab a hold of the back of the pew, <coughs> that makes... <laughs> Young men and young women say, I wish that preacher would quit preaching and I'd get out that door. We don't like it. We don't like to feel guilt. We don't like to feel conviction. But when we, you know what? It's one of the greatest blessings of God that we feel those things. And to the lost man, it don't come from within. It comes from without. And that's what he can't understand. If, the, if the Jesus is proclaimed, if salvation is proclaimed through him, the Father says, you need this. Listen to this. Hear this. And you know what his, he wants you to do? Come. That's what he wants you to do. 
And that's not what we want to do. We'd rather get it, if we're going to get it at all, let's get it our way. His invitation to us is always to come. To come. To come. Amen. And you know what? When you feel this still small voice, now listen, it ain't always just about salvation. Amen. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're saved and you have sin in your life, that still small voice is not external anymore. It's internal. And he still speaks to you the same exact way that he speaks to that lost person. He beckons you and he brings it to your mind what you have done wrong and he wants you to do it right and get it right. How? The same way he draws you to the Son. Why? Because the Son is the one that paid the price for our forgiveness. It's only through his blood you're going to get it. And it's only by coming to him and confessing it that he's going to do it. And for some strange reason, we have so much trouble doing that. When it's time to forgive, He draws us. When it's time to repent, He draws us. When it's time to be forgiven, He draws us. When it's time for salvation, He draws us. We don't get to come to Jesus until He draws us to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much. And he says, he says, he, you're not going to come to me. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And he makes a promise to you. If you just do that, if you just come to me, I'll raise you up on the last day. Now he's speaking foreign language to them. They don't know nothing about the resurrection that he's fixing to show them about. But you know what? That tells me something about this scripture. He's talking to these people. But he's talking to me and you today too. Because see, we know the story. And it's the same old story. It ain't going to change. Listen to me. You can, the world can redefine it. The world can change it. They can write all the new Bibles they want to. They ain't changing this. Amen. It ain't going to change. And every bit of it is just as true today as it was when it was written. And we better accept that. Now, what I want to tell you here now is that not only do you get to feel God, you feel that Him drawing you, you feel Him drawing you to, to salvation, you feel Him drawing you to repentance, you feel Him drawing you to confession, you feel Him drawing you to forgiveness, you feel all these things. Now listen to this, and listen carefully. He requires a response from you. Uh-oh. He does. And he gets one. Every time. Every time. You know what the response is? It can't be one but one of two things. Yes, and you do, or no! Now how many times do you think he hears no? How many times have you sat there and groveled in anger and frustration and hatred and gossip and turmoil 
knowing the only answer you were ever going to get, the only peace you were ever going to get was going to be found at the altar of God. But you sat there and squirmed, I ain't going up there. I'm not holding myself to anybody today. Now, we don't say that out loud, but we say it in here. Have you ever done that? Why? Why? It's because sometimes we like to wallow in our self-pity. We like to wallow in our anger. We don't want to be humble. We want everybody to be humble to us. God don't work that way. You know what that is? That's pride and that's arrogance. You know what the scripture says about pride and arrogance? Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit. That's what we're talking about right here. Before what? the fall. And it don't have to be that way. You know what the joy of the Lord is is when you're at peace on the inside. And don't tell me you got joy on the inside when you got sin in there that's full of, got you full of guilt. Don't tell me how glad you are, how joyful you are. You know how you're going to restore that joy? It's by yielding and coming to Jesus Christ and giving it to Him. Now you're restored. Now your joy is back. Now you have what you need. But don't hang on to that stuff and go around telling people how much you know Jesus. Because you're lying. <laughs> I, that, this ain't even got nothing to do with my notes. i got to move on. Then he goes on to tell them that no one has seen the Father. Now he has. And no one else has. And in verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me has everlasting life. Aren't you glad? Now before that, he, he taught, gives them Old Testament prophecies, scriptures, verse 45. And they shall be, all be taught of God. You know, when, when uh, Jesse and Chloe came up here last week and announced that they'd been saved, I don't know how many of y'all could hear what Jesse said. You know what she said? She said, I want to learn about Jesus. That's cool, isn't it? That's scriptural. Amen? And so when you look at these Old Testament scriptures and what Jesus was talking about, he uses the Old Testament scriptures because the gospel is being written right now. It ain't wrote yet. And he's using the Old Testament scriptures and the prophets to tell them what they need to know. And it's amazing the scriptures that he uses and sometimes he don't even quote the whole thing. He'll take one line out of a scripture and he'll, this is a great point. You better listen to this. Amen. That's why he tells us to study the word. Isaiah 54 and 13, listen to this. And all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 33 and 34. I will put my law in their inward parts. That's a good one, isn't it? And write in their hearts and be their God and they shall be my people. They shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Now why wouldn't he want us to say know the Lord? Because he's going to be in us when Jesus gets through. 
Micah 4 and 2. And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways. And we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Y'all know that we are in the house of God now? Amen. We're in the house of God, the house of the God of Jacob right now. Did you know that? And the great thing about now versus then is the God of Jacob is not the, in the house that we're sitting in. He is in us. And we are the house of God. Praise God. How do you get that? You get drawn by the Father to Jesus Christ. And He'll save your soul. He will save you and He will make Himself known that way. I'm going to read another scripture that goes with that. Uh, let me, let me, uh, Hebrews. Hebrews really, really talks about this. This is from Jeremiah 31, 33, and 34. Hebrews chapter 8. Listen to what uh, chapter 8 verses 10 through 13 says. He says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people and they shall not teach every man his neighbor. We just read that from Jeremiah. And every man his brother saying, Know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest for I will be merciful to the, the unrighteous and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. But look at verse 13. And that he said, a new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. That's how Jesus fulfilled the law. It got old. It got unlivable. So he fulfilled it himself and took on the wrath of it on his own body. And he gave us a new, everybody say a new, and better way. Amen. Amen. He, he, gave, he, he became the old and gave us the new. And he dwells in us now instead of with us. Thank God for that. And so he says, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Amen. He, we have everlasting life if we believe on Jesus Christ. Eternal security, it's not imagined, it's promised. How can he make this promise? How can the Lord make this promise? Because he is the bread of life. And he said, if you will eat this bread, like he told that woman to drink this water, I will give you eternal life. Have you done that? I guess that's the big question. He, he made this promise because he is the bread of life, the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat and not die. This is his words, they're not mine. Look at verse 51. I'm going to close. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Now look at this. If any man eat of this bread, he will live 
forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Such wondrous love, such a great God. How do I do this, you say? How, how do I, am I able to do these things? How does this work? Well, Hebrews 10, uh, Romans 10. And I'm going to close with this. Verse 9 through 13. That if thou shalt confess, listen to me, with your mouth. Everybody say, with my mouth. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart. Say, with my mouth in my heart. <laughs> that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Hallelujah. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's why you have to do it yourself. That's why you yourself has to call upon the name of the Lord. For the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon his name. Y'all see where I'm going with this? If you want something from the Lord, you need to ask him. You need to talk to him. If you want forgiveness, you need to seek it. If you want, if you want repentance, you need to say it. If you want to confess, you need to open your mouth and do it. Not just say, well, he's already going to blot out my sins. I don't have to say a word. Yeah. Hmm. This scripture must not be true then. Because he says you're going to do it with your mouth. And this confession leads to salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God ain't always just about salvation to the saved man, to the backslidden person, to the person that's carrying guilt and sin in their lives to the person who refuses to call upon the Lord, to confess their sins, to confess their faults. I'll be honest with you, I'm not your judge and I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not your judge. But God is. <coughs> Jesus Christ is that judge. And he's going to judge you according to this and according to your obedience to it and according to your disobedience to it. He is going to judge. And let me tell you another thing. He lived his life. He was tempted every way like we are. He knows what sin is. He knows what temptation is. He knows what lust is. He knows what anger is. 
He knows about all of the things that you feel. He knows those things. But one thing he'll never understand and you'll never make him understand. It's why when you were having issues with him, you didn't come to him. So that's why we have an invitation today. That's what we're fixing to do right now. If you feel that voice inside saying, I need to confess, I need to repent, I need salvation. You know, I was telling Anita the other day, I, I knew a man and she, she knew him too. He was 42 or 43 years old. He'd been raised up in church. His daddy had been a song leader and turned into a preacher. This man had married in the church, took his vows before God, faithfully come to church every time the doors was open, helped in all the youth work, taught Sunday school, and brought his children. His children had gotten saved as he watched. And at 42 years old, listen to me, he got up in a church service one Sunday morning and walked to the altar and when he got up, he turned around and looked at the congregation with tears in his eyes. And he said, I thought I was saved. But I wasn't. But I am now. Amen. Why? Because he listened to that calling, that little voice. It kept telling him up. You're not saved, son. You're not saved. And everybody around him said, oh, yeah, yeah, you are. You, look at what you do. It ain't about that. And he left there 42 years old for the first time in his life a saved man. I wonder how many more of those are around. I wonder. You know, and God knows. Never dismiss when God tells you you need to come to that altar. Don't do it. Just go and let Him meet you there, bless you there, and give you what you need. He will. Would you stand? Please bow your head, close your eyes. These altars are open for prayer. If you feel led to pray, please come. If you need whatever you need from Jesus, just don't be afraid of Him. God, if we could just see what he did for us and why he did it. We would never ever be afraid of him. Just come. If you don't have anything to repent of, you don't have anything to commit, just come say, Jesus, I, I love you. Thank you for being my God. <laughs> just speak to him. Let him speak to you. Let him fill your heart, your soul with himself. Give yourself to him. Let him be your savior. Let him be your friend. Let him cleanse you. 
receive him into yourself today. Tell him, say, Lord, I'm getting low. Fill me up. He'll do that thing. I love that. I love that about our Lord, that he just keeps on filling us. But you got to keep on asking him. You keep on seeking, you keep on asking, you keep on finding, and he just keeps on doing. Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. He earned that right. Why? Because he's the bread of life that came from heaven. And when you trust him, he will give you eternal life. Praise God for that. Won't you come? Maybe you're here today and the Lord's been telling you for a long time, you, you, need to, you need to be a part of that church. You need to commit yourself to this church. You come on up there, we'll do that. If you feel the Lord's telling you that, come on. Don't be afraid. He don't make mistakes. Amen. Maybe you need to rededicate yourself to Him. That's what Baptists call being refilled. <laughs> Maybe you need to get filled up again. selfishly. He don't want you to do it with any ill things in mind. I was told here a while back, uh, I went to an associational meeting, a, a prayer meeting, and we prayed for this nation like the Sunshine Girl said, to Sister Janice said, well, go. we need to pray for our nation. We really do. And you know what they told me when they asked me to pray for our president? <laughs> don't pray for him to die. <laughs> 
pray for his salvation. Hard to do, isn't it? And yet that's what we're called to do. And we know all of us that are saved knows what that means to us. Sometimes we forget and sometimes we take it for granted and sometimes we, we lose sight of it. And then we get brought back down to reality sometimes. That's why the Lord puts us in valleys sometimes so we re re regain that realization <laughs> that we can't do anything without fear. I thank God that we don't have to, that He's there. So, Join us for a meal. You got food. I know y'all been smelling it. And you say, I know you went 15 minutes over. I got, and after 15 minutes, they go, you ain't got to hurry up and get to the restaurant to beat the Methodists and them other people out there. And so you, you just go right through these doors and, and go in here and eat. If you didn't bring nothing, who cares? There's plenty back there. You just come on back there and enjoy the meal. Fellowship with us and, and enjoy the laughter. And you, you ain't going to be able to hear yourself thinking there in a little bit. And I love every minute of it. So God bless you. Thank you. And, and right after the meal, we're going to come in here. We're going to have some singers do some singing for us. Amen. And so uh, y'all just stay and join with us and fellowship with us. There won't be a night service tonight. And, uh, and so uh, remember that. And I love every one of you. And I thank you for allowing me to preach the Word of God. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing. God bless you all. Amen. Sister Pat, would you dismiss me? Could we just close tonight, today, with uh, there's just something about that name. Okay. Jesus. Oh, I say to Jesus. 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 There's just something.
We give you the praise. We give you the honor and the glory in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless the food. Y'all go right through those and that door and help.